0: And how you play it? All about control And if you can take it All about your debt And if you can pay it It's all about pain And who's gonna make it? I am the game You don't wanna play me I am control No way you can shake me I am heavy debt No way you can pay me I am the pain And I know you can't take me Look over your shoulder Ready to run like a clayman bitch From a smoking gun I am the game And I'm the TF, like a, fool. T-F-A to a
1: family family family. fam, what is up? What is the happening? We are back again. Today we are going to be discussing our top five rookie quarterbacks and running backs for the upcoming 2023 draft. The combine is only a sh- about what, like a week and a half away. It'll be here, so we didn't want to get too far into the weeds with a lot of these prospects because some things are going to change once we get combine results. Like you know. Or some of these guys won't we'll get into more with the running backs and stuff like that. Kind of see where these guys check in, really like size, weight, all that kind of stuff. Forty times, not that is as important, you know. But you know, we want to see some of that. If a guy comes out and runs a four eight or something like that, it's probably going to change uh, how we view these guys. So we're not going to get too far into it. We're just going to kind of do, uh, kind of go over our some of our top five guys. So um, you know, before we do, Cody, how you doing?
2: Doing well, man. Can't complain. It's, uh, it was exciting. Breaking in these uh these running backs. I still have still have a lot of work to do, kind of just in my my first passover. The quarterbacks is it's whatever, right? Like we were we were kind of talking before the before the shows. We we should have just went and did a a top ten running back, but hey, we're we're gonna get we're gonna hit on the quarterbacks as well. But everything is going well, man. Any anything new in uh in your neck of the woods?
1: Yeah. I mean the Kansas City Chiefs won a Super Bowl. Uh so that was tainted. fantastic. Yes. Oh, here we go with that. Uh, I'm so tired of hearing that already. But, but yes, the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. the The parade was today. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was he was he was fucked up. He got he was drunk. Like he was he was hammered. And, uh, um, but it, it was fun to watch, and uh, it was a good time. So, uh, yeah, you know, second Super Bowl in four years. Love to see it. Uh, so I feel like you have
2: to be you have to be hammered to to deal with his wife and his brother,
1: right? Uh, I don't think the brother was there. I think it was just the wife. So uh, that was uh, that was Either good way. news. Just uh, just the wife. And uh, but yeah, uh, it was a good time. And hey, the NFL draft is actually in Kansas City this year. So, uh, so yeah, the, uh, Kansas City is hosting the NFL draft. So I, I don't know. I might be there. I don't know. I, I haven't decided yet if I want to go to that and deal with all that madness. That's going to be the NFL draft. But you know how often you get to go to the NFL draft when it's in your hometown. So you know that's a decision we'll have to make for another day. So. Um, yeah. So you just want to get right into it.
2: You threw, you threw a, uh, a top list at, at, at us last week with the the sports. Let's go. Let's go top five fast
1: food restaurants. Okay. Okay. I can do that. Um, number one, I, I mean, I, I don't know if this is like constant. I, I thought, I feel like it is. I'm gonna say Chipotle is number one for me. Chipotle is right. life. Yeah, uh, so- I love Chipotle. Um, I can eat it multiple times a week. It is delicious. Are you a like? I'm a double meat guy. I get double meat, a little extra rice. You know, is that is that how you get yours?
2: I've I've never gone double meat. Normally a a steak bowl kind of. I, I, I spring for for the uh, for the guac. I'll I'll pay up for the guac. Never never gone double
1: meat. Yeah double meat. And then I, I do not get the guac. I used to until they raised it up to $47 for some guacamole. Uh, you know, but, uh, yeah. Um, so number one would be Chipotle.
2: I'll, I'll give I'll give you some time to think. So two for me would be five guys. And I, and I, I'm, I'm basing this off of like at their best, right? Not like, not like the average score across the board. like, a great Five Guys burger and fries. It's fantastic. Three, gonna go Chick Fil A. Four would be Wendy's. Five is my own question. I don't, I, <laughs> I don't know if I have a. I really don't need too much too much fast food. I guess I'll go Jersey Mike's. Do you guys have Jersey Mike's out there?
1: We have a, we have a couple um i've never eaten there though never uh sprung for jersey i'm not a huge subway guy um i think uh here it's a local place uh good sense is what it's called is really good but uh, i'm not a subway man i don't really even know what's other meat uh like i'll eat if i have to but it's not, like it's certainly not the first place that i would like to go to if i want to sub um but so i think for me two would be chick-fil-a chick-fil-a is elite uh it's every time you go there they can mess up my order and i feel like I think they just didn't want me to have that. It's fine. It's not a big deal. Uh, they're just so polite, you know. Every time I go there, and so, uh, so Chick Fil A would be two for me. See, Wendy's is like a love hate. Like so, like Wendy's, like their breakfast baconator is probably the best breakfast sandwich there is, in my mind. Have you ever? If you've never had it, go try it. It is just fantastic. It is a just. I've never had a bad one uh, ever. Um, but they're like burgers. They're okay. Uh, like, like I'm not like a huge fan of them. Like they're, I don't know. This doesn't taste like something about their meat. This doesn't taste well. But the the, the breakfast baconator alone puts it in there for me. So I, I'll I'll put Wendy's at three. Their fries are really good too. Their fries are better at McDonald's. Get out of here with with that uh, with that. Their 100%. fries are really good. So I'll put them at three. And then I'm gonna, I'm gonna put Taco Bell at four. Like, like Taco Bell. Like the, we Loving, talk about not meat, but. Whenever, whenever you just need something quick, you know, especially late night, you know, go get that Taco Bell, you know, it just hits, it just hits every time, you know, so I'll put Taco Bell for, I will say
2: that if I had to put like a single item, like if we were going like item by item, the cheesy gordita crunch would be the one-on-one of of everything.
1: It is. Yeah. That is fantastic. Uh, that never goes wrong with cheesy gordita crunch. Yes. Um. And then five, I'm sure I'm forgetting something, but um, five, I will go with, I think I'm going to go with Sonic and mainly because of their sides. Their sides are excellent. Like I'm not a big, again, not a huge fan of their, like their meat or like their, their, their burgers. Their burgers are okay. You know what I'll say this, I mean, we could have done overrated and Whataburger, I know people from Texas are probably going to be like, this, just, they're just going to click off the podcast now and shut it off. They can't listen to it. But Whataburger is so overrated. Um, we got him here because Patrick Mahomes brought him here. Um, and so, like, there was this huge hype about Whataburger and, like, huge lines for weeks uh, whenever they, they found And I saw – I finally got – I finally went and tried it. And I was like, don't know what's so, expe- so exciting about this. Like, I think Culver's is better than Whataburger is. Um, I don't know. I just wasn't all that impressed.
2: We actually do have a uh, – it's the first time I saw it and I didn't realize it was a chain. But we have one that's close. So I have yet to get any food. But I have uh, indulged in the cement mixers. Those Sorry.
1: are that's probably good. I mean, can And I have heard people have said that what you have to go get there is the honey chicken biscuit. I guess it's supposed to be amazing. I have not. I, I have not tried that. I just got like a burger and fries. So yeah, I don't know. I just think they're a little overrated. So speaking of overrated, let's talk <laughs> about the quarterback class. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, listen, th- this quarterback class, like I think heading into this year, felt like there was a lot of hype surrounding it. Now I feel like some of the hype is kind of falling off. Now we're already looking to twenty twenty four with Caleb Williams, you know, and everybody else. Uh, but as I, I is still as remember.
2: is tradition,
1: yes, that's how it always goes. But I, this class is better than last year's, right? Like, not all these guys aren't all falling into the third round of the you know the NFL draft, like this right, year, right, right. So this, this class is definitely better than what we got last year. Well, I, I guess we had one. I guess we had Kitty Pickett, Pittsburgh Steeler, Kitty Pickett. Um, that win the first. But, you know, I digress. Like three or four of these guys are probably gonna go in the top ten. Um, and, and so, you know, I think each one of them kind of have their own little issues. You know, you have Bryce Young, who everybody's gonna bring up as his size. Six foot one ninety-four is what he's listed at, but wouldn't be surprised if he's listed smaller than that. Um, you know, obviously his collegiate career was excellent. You know, his his numbers dropped off a little bit from this year to last year. Um, did miss like a game and a half this year. So some of that's going to change a little bit. But he's still 3,300 passing yards, 32 touchdowns, five interceptions, 114.9 passer rating. He was 12th in adjusted completion percentage. And he was 31st in big-time throw rate on the year. Uh, he's an excellent playmaker. Uh, but um, the size thing is going to be a problem. For people you know and yeah. and you know we kind of see it at times now drew Brees obviously never affected him but it's still there's going to be things that are that's going to limit him and it's going to be i think where he ends up uh could play a big factor in you know what kind of career he has at least out the gate which sounds like he could be a houston texan uh you know the chicago bears want to trade out of that first pick so maybe another team uh, jumps up ahead of them and then you have somebody like cj stroud who i is going to have the ohio state you know curse you know that you know always from ohio state stench no Yes, nobody's going to want to draft that guy. Um, or, you know, everyone's going to already call him a bust, even though he put up, you know, excellent numbers. And then you got Will Levis, who people are all over the board with him. Like, I've seen people that have him at, you know, the, the first or second quarterback. And I've seen I have people that have him as their fourth or fifth quarterback in this class. Um, you know, last year, heading into this year, there was all kinds of buzz about Will Levis. Everybody loved Will Levis, And mm-hmm. then this year, he was terrible. Uh, 2,400 passing yards, 19 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Um, he's 6'3", 231 pounds. So th- those are kind of the three. And then you have Anthony Richardson, who a lot of people love um, because of his athletic ability. You know, he's not Lamar Jackson. I know that's the first guy everyone wants to comp players to, but he is going to test really well in terms of his athleticism. He's 6'4", 231 pounds. He's probably going to run a 4'4", um, or somewhere in that range uh, for him. So there is a lot to like there. And I think he has a lot of raw tools to love. He was at a really bad system in Florida that fl- Florida teams have been terrible for a while, but he did throw for 200, uh, 2,500 passing yards, uh, 17 touchdowns, nine interceptions, um, uh, on the season. Uh, you know, but he has some, um, really, really good traits, really good, uh, you know, arm skill or arm talent. Um, but, um, Uh, I think you could uh, knock him for a lot of people talk about, you know, his poor footwork. I think he's going to be a a player that's probably going to need to go somewhere and develop. He probably would be a guy you'd want to sit for a year to kind of learn the system. Uh, So those are kind of the top four guys uh, overall. Um, Cody, where, where do you come in on these, on these guys?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm in a similar boat. And for, for me personally, like I'm willing to die on my own sword whenever it comes to, literally any other position except quarterback. Like I have no idea what I'm looking at with like mechanics. You know what I mean? Like this is a truly a position. Like I tend to like not even bother like trying to like watch any tape on. I'll wait and see what guys like, you know, Ben Solak and Jordan Reed, what, what they have to say. But just, just really interesting. You, you're bringing up the, the size thing for Bryce Young. I, I went and looked and I tried to pull up quarterbacks that were no taller than six foot and weighed no more than 200 pounds and then i uh, did this by fantasy points so the highest points per game that we have (laughs) is from 37 year old ya tittle in 1963 he would have put up 19.9 fantasy points per game and then it's I I don't even know any of these other names. Frankie Albert, 1948, Sid Luckman, uh, you know, Fran Tarkenton. I think we, you know, we know that name. He's in there. He had, he was six Y.A. Tittle again at seventh. Joe Theismann would have been at eight, but if you do this by like season by like most recent, we really don't have anyone that size. We have Kellen Moore. If you want to count him, um, you know didn't I don't think he like did much of anything in his career Thaddeus Lewis I don't even remember that name played for Buffalo and then it's like Doug Flutie and Ty Detmer is really what we're what we're looking at with with that size so it's going to be interesting I I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that he doesn't do any of the uh, the height weight stuff at the at the combine he just kind of skips that cuz there's really no reason for him to do it right um you know, unless unless he puts on some weight and he can come in at you know two hundred and five, two hundred and ten pounds. Cause even guys like you know, Drew Brees, he was over two hundred pounds. Uh Russell Wilson is a little bit shorter, but he's like what 215, something like that. So gonna be interesting to see. Uh CJ Stroud, someone who CJ Stroud is gonna be really interesting to look at just because he has just been surrounded by elite, elite wide receivers for for the past two years right like we're looking at you know potentially five first round wide receivers that he's been throwing to but you can't deny how how good his accuracy is a um, little bit more of a of a pocket passer I think where Young is better than Stroud is his ability to make plays out of structure uh, it's, not, it's not something that Stroud struggled with a little bit and Will what it was kind of funny because I, I haven't watched a, a ton of Will Levis this year, but you keep hearing like, "Oh man, it was so much worse for him this year than it was last year." And I, I was start I was looking at some of his numbers. I mean, kind of this, you know, similar statistically. Last year, sixty six percent completion percentage. This year, sixty five point four. He did have four hundred fewer uh, passing yards, but he did have like seventy fewer attempts. Yards per attempt were actually higher this year his adjusted yards per attempt were hired this year as well i was like like where where is this coming from 2021 107 rush attempts ran for 376 yards this last year and i i went to multiple sites just to double check this because i was just like there's there's no way 72 rush attempts for negative 107 yards now obviously you know the the, the talent around him was a little bit different as well with, you know, guys like Wondell Robinson leaving for the NFL. They were rookies this year. It's just going to be really, really interesting to see what happens with him. And then, you know, Anthony Richardson, like you said, is, a, is the wild card. I think if you put Anthony Richardson's, like, highlight tape, if we just watch, like, their, you know, let's say their 15 best plays from everyone in this class, like, I think you can make a case that Anthony Richardson would have, like, the best highlight tape. Right. It's just that he has been he's so, so inconsistent, you know, from play to play, game to game. Um, but he has that Josh Allen-esque upside. Like if everything can come together, like we shouldn't be betting on Josh Allen because he's an outlier. Like we typically don't see guys that like like Josh Allen coming out of college who put it together in the in the pros, right? Um, but but he's definitely in that archetype where he just has a, a ridiculous arm he has a cannon and he's also built like a like a tight end and can run over people as well so it's going to be interesting to watch and then outside of that like I really don't think that there's a fifth tight end I, I know we said we we're gonna do, we we're gonna do our top five quarterbacks and running backs I mean, uh, a fifth quarterback r- rather I don't think there is another one worth mentioning I mean Tanner McKee out of Stanford, he was getting some buzz in the preseason. Kev, you were looking at some of his stats before we jumped on. What thirteen touchdowns to eight interceptions is uh, is what he had. And then Hendon Hooker, who's just going to be someone who's really really weird to to try and place in in the NFL and try and you know take what he did in college and try and project that to the next level. I mean, he's he's an older prospect to begin with. And then, you know, has that one massive year with Tennessee where he absolutely balled out. But, you know, if you look at some of the things about the way that that offense will translate to the NFL, it does not seem like it is going to translate well. So uh, we'll have to see. But all four of these guys are likely going in the top 15 to 18. So uh, definitely have to be something that we that we pay attention to. But. Yeah, it seems like that the Shroud and Young are definitely at the top top of this class, and then you kind of have to see what happens after that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I could see people falling in love with, with Anthony Richardson, and it's just his his intangibles. Like, he mentioned his big arm. I mean, because if you look, he was 120th in adjusted completion percentage, but he was ninth in average depth of target. He was 16th in deep yards on the year, and he was 38th in big-time throw rate on the year as well. Um, so, uh, not very accurate, but, uh, is good as good throwing the deep ball, uh, obviously super athletic, big guy. I mean, obviously it does, it does really, really, uh, paint a picture of Josh Allen, but he's not Josh Allen. Uh, so we can just get that out of the way. Like again, like you mentioned, that is a complete outlier uh, of a player, likely something we won't see again for a really long time. I know every year we like to now say, who's the next Josh Allen, which uh, it's, he's kind of a unicorn because, I mean, he was a player that everybody hated coming out. And even his first two years, he was not very good. And then just kind of everything kind of clicked and he was able to turn things around. So just really, uh, you know, saying that I think is a bit of an outlier. I think Hinden Hooker might be a guy that would people view a little bit differently if he didn't tear his ACL. Uh, So late in the season. So that's not going to help me there because he's probably not going to be ready to play even this year. That's obviously going to hurt whatever draft capital he could get. He's probably going to end up being like a third or fourth round pick. So he's going to be kind of a project. Um, And you're right. I mean, he's coming from, you know, that Josh Heupel system where it is uh, much different than what he's going to be after a play in the NFL. Uh, I think he probably would be that guy. You know, you kind of mentioned, uh, you know, uh, Tanner McKee, kind of the same thing, very much a mobile or immobile, pocket passer, but it's kind of hard to go off of because the offense was so terrible that he played on in Stanford. So it's really these top four guys are the the guys, right? Because if you're not getting drafted in the first round as a quarterback, you really pretty much, we don't care about you because you're probably, the hit rate is so low. Yes, there are guys that are outliers that come out, you know, your Dak Prescott's of the world that could end up being something more than that. For the most part, if you're not a first round pick, you don't really matter. And so I, I think if, you know, you could flip a coin on whether it's Tanner McKee, uh, I know Jaron Hall has gotten some buzz as well as so people kind of like him from BYU as well, but I, overall, I think it's these top four guys. So
2: without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency or time of day, you're the ones who get it done at Granger. We're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call click Granger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: Overall, let, let's, let's just go ahead and jump over to the running back. That's kind of the good stuff. Anyways, that people really yeah, care about. Do that. And, and so let's, let's start here. Listen, uh, and I don't think we're really breaking any ground. We're talking about the first two guys, right? Yeah. B. Robinson, who is the, the unicorn, the alpha of this class, in my mind, a tier of his own, uh, there's no other uh, yeah. running back with him. It's B. and everybody else. Bijan is going to test off the charts You know, at, at the Combine. He's 2 20, 21 years old, uh, 257 carries, 1,500 rushing yards, 18 rushing touchdowns. Uh, he is an elite pass catcher out of the backfield as well, 314 receiving yards and only 19 receptions. Uh, he was 11th in yards after contact per attempt, 1st in missed tackles forced, 3rd in missed tackles forced, forced per attempt. He was ninth in carries, 15-plus yards. He's just he's just elite at everything he does. The only thing that you really could probably say is he fumbled six times, and you know, in, in his career, he's got to clean that up a little bit. But other than that, that's about the only thing you're going to be able to say about B. John Robinson. We don't really need to spend a whole lot of time talking about B. John Robinson. He's going to be yeah. drafted in the top probably 15 to 20 rounds of the uh, or 20, 20th round, <laughs> top 15 to 20 overall pick. Um, maybe he slides he's just a little bit lower than that, but I don't. I think a team's going to fall in love with him. And it's gonna take him higher than that. I don't think he falls uh past that point. We can argue that we can have a conversation for another day. Is that a smart move? Whatever. So let's not let's not waste a lot of time talking about him. Then you have then you have Jameer Gibbs. He's kind of a similar guy that he doesn't have a ton of question marks surrounding him, but I think there's enough stuff we can at least talk start talking about it. I assume he is he is also my number two overall in this in this class of running backs. Is he the same for you? Yeah, yep. Okay, so just just kind of paint a picture. And then, you know, so he's 5'11", 200 pounds. That, the, the size, that's going to be a problem. We're going to have to see, you know, what you know what, what he comes in at. Does he come in a little bit heavier than that? They kind of ease some of that, that worry, that, that concern with him. Uh, because, you know... Running backs that are sub 200 pounds uh, do get to be a little bit limited. You know, does he end up being like a DeAndre Swift type where he is just a very limited role or not? But a guy that he's probably only going to see 15 to 18 touches per game. He's never really going to be a true workhorse because he is an excellent pass catcher out of the backfield that 44 catches last year for 444 receiving yards. He did only have 151 carries, but he had 926 rushing yards and seven touchdowns. Overly efficient, uh, 45th in yards after contact per attempt. He was also 57th and missed tackles forced per attempt, but he was 37th and carries 15 plus yards and eighth in yards per route run. Uh, like I said, excellent pass catcher, uh, but the size thing is probably going to be the biggest uh, area of concern. But uh, what are your thoughts on Jameer Gibb? Yeah, I
2: think the, the size and some of the stats you were citing about missed tackles forced and, you know, yards after contact like that. I think that goes hand in hand with, with, with each other. But to me, like, I'm willing to look past that. Like, that's not going to be a problem unless he gets drafted by a team that's trying to make him be something he's not, right? Like, he's not like a fantastic inside runner, but, you know, he runs with patience, burst, great feet, acceleration. And, the, you know, for the majority of us who play in PPR leagues, it's it's the hands and the pass catching that, uh, you know, and, and the route running as well. It's not like he is just a, a dump-off swing pass type of running back like he can run routes if I, I was watching a couple of games like I said I haven't done like a deep dive but I, I just want to get like a, a, an idea of how these guys play you know where, where they are, where they win and I saw him lined up in the slot I saw him lined up out wide but like I said it is only going to be a problem if you take you know a completely different situation but somebody like Mike Gusecki right and you try and make him like an inline blocking tight end like that's not going to work but when you put him outside and you let him do what he's good at, we've seen him be, you know, plenty good in terms of a uh, a fantasy asset. And I think it's what we have here with Gibbs. I know he's getting the Alvin Kamara comps a ton. I've, I've seen that uh, a lot. But Alvin Kamara was like 214, 215 pounds. Like you said, Gibbs is coming in at, you know, he's listed at 200. So, you know, we'll have to see what, what he weighs in at. But he is, uh he's definitely my two here because although there are some questions with the size, I think his pass catching ability and his like I said, his his speed, his burst put him at uh, at two for me. But there's definitely it's it's Bijan at one. We don't really have to talk about him. That like that's if you see anyone put anyone else at one, they're just doing it to be hot, don't pay attention to him. It's Bijan at one. And then, like, I'm, I'm open to a discussion about, you know, who, what happens after that. But right now, I have uh, – I do have Gibson.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Like, uh, I think what he brings to the table, like, I don't think he's ever going to be a guy who's going to get 25. because but, but in today's NFL, we don't see that anymore anyways. And so, like, he's probably going to be a part of a committee. And that's just what most running backs are these days. And I think that's fine. Like, we see guys like Aaron Jones or Tony Pollard who can still thrive. And be, you know, constant contributors and you know for you yeah. know for fantasy football purposes. And so I, I have no problem with that. You know, if he comes in and he tests at like 190, okay, we're probably gonna have a little bit different conversation. But I also think you know NFL teams are gonna tell us as well where they draft, because obviously draft capital is the other other thing into this of of what's really gonna matter and what's not, right? You know, so but I do th- still think I think there's a shot that he could be a late first round pick, but I also think that he's probably a guy. That you're looking at, that's probably a, you know, an early second round pick at worst. I think at this point, just because of everything he brings to the table. Uh, just watching him in open space, I mean, he is he's a joy to watch. I know that, and he he really can do a really good job of making guys miss. And so, um, I do yeah. think Jameer Gibbs. I think is, uh, uh, you know, I think right now he's kind of unquestionably number two for me right now. Uh, let's keep it going here. Let's talk about the next guy. I know we both have him at three, and that's uh, Zach Charbonnet from UCLA. And It was it was kind of frustrating because we thought he was coming out last year and he decided to go back. Uh, good news is because a lot of these guys that do go back for another year tend to uh, drop off, and it really hurts their their stock. Well, that did not happen with Zach Charbonnet. Yes, he's an older prospect. He is 22 years old, but um, he's not quite – uh, Najee Harris, uh, whenever he was coming, out, I think he was 23, I believe, whatever he he was coming out, but, uh, six foot one, 220 pounds, 194 carries, 1300, uh, rushing yards, 14 touchdowns. He is also a more than capable pass catcher out of the backfield, 37 care, 37 receptions, 321 receiving yards. So he can be a guy who could be a true three down workhorse back. Some of his advanced numbers, uh, 13th in yards after contact but he was 14th in yards after contact per attempt. He was 44th in missed tackles force per attempt. Fifth in carries of uh, uh, 15-plus yards and 29th in yards per route run. I think there's a lot to like with Zach Charbonnet. Uh, I think uh, he could be a guy that goes in the maybe late second round, possibly early third round in the NFL draft. Um, I know once we get past really these top two guys, there's going to be a lot of conversation. You're going to see a lot of people have these guys at different spots. Um, for me, just everything that Zach Charbonnet brings to the table, I think to his ability to be a true workhorse. Some some things that I, I will say with uh, watching uh, watching a little bit of him is I, I he does tend to uh, get a little bit upright um, in his running and his running style, which kind of can hurt you and kind of can lead to more injuries and stuff like that. Him being six foot one uh, does tend to lead to that a little bit. But other than that, he is an overall a really solid prospect across the board. Production is there, size is there. He's a good pass catcher, and like I said, his 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 kind of his efficiency uh, numbers are all right there as well. So I think there's a lot to like with Zach Charbonnet.
2: Don't have a, a ton to add to that. He's he's a three for me because he's like the the guy that I next have like the fewest questions about. Right, like would we have preferred him? You know, especially for for dynasty purposes. Want to see these guys come out as early declares he obviously did not. Uh, you mentioned the the thirty seven receptions he had. That is not an outlier either. He had twenty four catches the the year before. But you know six foot six foot one, two hundred and twenty pounds. Like the size is there. He can handle the, the the workhorse type of load. He's a big, tough, athletic dude. It's like a no nonsense type of runner. Like he just gets downhill quickly. But like he also has. More than enough, like wiggle and elusive, like especially for his size. So Charbonnet is someone who, uh, you know, I was pleasantly surprised by when I started watching him uh, a little bit. So going to be interested to see what you know how he tests and, like you said, the the draft capital is going to be the the biggest thing, and you know to see his landing spot. I think after this is where we're going to start to have a, a little bit of you know not necessarily disagreement, but where we start to differ here. Um, a little bit, I'm going to throw Zach Evans here at number four. Um, this is where the, the questions start to start to roll in, right? Like he is someone who is at a, like a really like head scratching collegiate career. Like he was a very highly talented recruit. I think he was number one overall out of Texas. He was a five-star kid the year that he was coming out, went to TCU. You know, you kind of see his, his height and weight listed a little bit differently the, the the most recent one that I have seen on Ole Miss's website was you know six foot two fifteen. So the size is there. Uh, ran a verified four five one coming out of high school, but only plays half a season his second year at TCU. Ends up with like a, a turf toe injury. His you know he's put on the shelf. Doesn't play. Transfers to Ole Miss. Gets beat out by a true freshman. So he hasn't had that. You know, true workhorse role kind of looked like he was headed that way his sophomore year at TCU before he got hurt. But he's going to be leaving college with just 320 career touches, and like that, that's not necessarily a bad thing, you know, especially for us in fantasy and in dynasty leagues. If you're going to be investing in a guy, you know, you don't necessarily want the guy who's had you know 700, 800, you know, uh, college touches. But that's just a, a you know a question that we have. I think he's a tough runner, he has solid speed and burst, he has enough athleticism for his size. Like I said, the verified 4 5 1 coming out of high school, you'd expect, you know, expect that to maybe, you know, get a little bit better whenever he comes into the end the combine. Um, you know, not not a ton of receptions again because he's never had that full workhorse load, but uh, you know, definitely showed good hands when he was targeted. So it's just going to be really interesting to see what, you know, what the NFL thinks of Zach Evans, but, you know, through my first, you know, quick pass through, I thought he was a really solid back. And I just like the way that uh, the way that he ran, you know, not afraid to put his shoulder down, but has that athleticism and juice to to make people miss in the open field as well.
1: Yeah. I think he's a interesting prospect because I think at times he looks like uh, just a, a, an excellent runner. Right. But then there's other times that it really makes you scratch your head. And like, I like some vision issues that like, he just clearly doesn't see holes. Like, there's a couple of games that you'll see if you go and watch that he completely just misses. Like, there's a wide open lane yeah. right to the left yeah. of him. And instead of going hitting that lane, he just goes straight for and runs right into a linebacker. And it's like, did you not see that? Did you, you know? And, and so, like, I, I don't know. Like, I, there's definitely some uh, vision concerns in terms of just overall efficiency uh, that he did not have that either. Sixty-fifth in yards after contact per attempt, seventy-eighth in missed tackles forced per attempt as well. Uh, those are neither one of those numbers are good, but he was twenty-fourth and carries at fifteen-plus yards. Um, but he was also hundred and second in yards per route run. So uh, we're going to have some concerns there, especially you know it, how how good of a pass catcher can he be? Is he going to end up being like a limited type player? Somebody that maybe um, that you look at like a Jamal Williams type, who's just going to be kind of casted into a role of, or Ronald Jones, or somebody that, that all they do is just kind of that first and second down banger, which, I mean, can end up paying off. We saw with Jamal Williams this year that, you know, that can end up paying off for a player, but at the same time, so I think those are kind of the concerns with Zach Evans. I have him a little bit lower. I do not have him in my top five. For me, I, I at four, I have, Ah, uh, Sean Tucker out of Syracuse, and he also has some concerns with his profile as well. Um, he he lists at 205. He's going to be somebody that I want to see where he he grades in terms of his size as well. You know, is he a little bit lower? Is he a little bit higher than that? But as long as he comes in above two hundred pounds, I think we'll be fine. I think there's a lot to love with Sean Tucker, but there's also some uh, some things because if you look at him this year. Um, he kind of fell off a little bit, didn't have as good of a season as he had yeah. in 2021 and 2022. He had 204 carries uh, just over a thousand rushing yards, uh, 5.2 yards per carry, 11 touchdowns, but he had 37 receptions for 262 receiving yards. But in 2021, he did have more carries, but he had 1500 rushing yards and a 6.1 yard per carry and 12 touchdowns um, on this uh, with also 249 receiving yards. So, um, it was not as good of a season for him at of Syracuse. Now, Syracuse, their offensive line is okay. I went and looked that up. They were like 53rd in the country, so about as average as you can get, um, you know, right there in the middle of the road in terms of offensive line. Uh, it's not like we're talking about Syracuse having some powerhouse offense or anything like that. So, I mean, he was kind of the engine for that offense. Um, you know, in, in terms of his advanced stuff, again, not really anything sexy. He was actually 114th in yards after carry per attempt and 73rd in missed tackles force. Per attempt. Um, I I tend to try to look at, uh, you know, per attempt rather than looking at the total because a lot of the stuff can just come out to be, you know, a volume type uh, stat. You know, if you just look at yards after contact, purely that number, because then all that tells you is really, you know, it could be a volume type thing where a guy could be finished eighth in yards after contact, but they might be. You know, on a per touch basis, they are much worse than that. So I try to look at that for efficiency. Uh, he was also 37th in carries at 15 plus yards. But this is a guy when you watch him. I mean, he has elite long speed. He's elusive. He's a good receiver. I think he has the ability to be a workhorse at the next level because uh, he, he can. He has shown those. Those, but also he tends to kind of lack creativity at times. Like uh, and tends to you know his vision is also somewhat suspect, but I think there's a, a wide range of outcomes here for Sean Tucker. Like, I can see a team falling in love with him because a lot of the stuff that he brings to the table, but I, I could also see, you know, maybe he is just ends up being, a, you know, kind of more of a pure committee back at the next level. And, uh, you know, for a lot of these guys, that's kind of probably what's going to end up happening, right? We just don't see a whole lot of, of guys that come out at the next level and tend to uh, really be, that, be something different than that. And so a lot of these guys are going to be a part of a committee, but I think he does have the ceiling. Uh, that 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 could end up being a guy who maybe ends up being a RB two, you know, in fantasy football, maybe not a guy that's going to be some RB one, but I think uh, like an RB two kind type of upside is there for Sean Tucker. So I did put him here at number four. Um, so for uh, we both have somebody different at number five as well. I really want to kind of talk about your number five, but let me get mine out of the way really quick, and then we can move over to yours because I think uh, there's it's, it's an interesting conversation to have because uh, the guy you have um is kind of all over the place i think for a lot of people i've seen people have him at two or three but um so let's i, I just want to hit on Kendra Miller real quick out of TCU you kind of talked about him a little bit with Zach Evans 6 foot 220 he is only 20 years old which is a positive uh 224 uh, attempts this year 1400 rushing yards 17 touchdowns he was also 12th in yard or he was 31st in yards after contact per attempt 25th in missed tackles forced per attempt 13th in carries of 15 plus yards uh, but he was 141st in yards per out run. He's not really a great receiver out of the backfield. Again, another guy that uh, I feel like that is probably going to be more, maybe a little bit more of a first second down option. But he has excellent burst in and out of his cuts. Uh, prototypical size. And he doesn't. But the thing is, he doesn't really run like a player that's 220 pounds. He tends to avoid contact at times and kind of runs away from it. Which can be a little bit of a problem, especially for a guy that's two hundred twenty pounds. He tries to be a guy who's two hundred five and kind of you know dances around a little bit sometimes. But overall, I think he's a really, really solid prospect. I think somebody uh, that I think an NFL team can fall in love with, probably a guy who goes third or fourth round, you know, in the NFL draft. But I do, so I do think Kendra Miller is a guy. That, that could be um, an asset for people. But he's also not a guy that I think is ever going to be, like I said, a three down workhorse. He just really was never utilized as a pass catcher. Now we have to say, just because the guy doesn't have 30, 40 receptions, you know, in a year doesn't really matter because a lot of these schools don't utilize their running back the, the correct way. And we've seen guys who, who, who weren't, who we didn't think we're going to have any uh, pass catching upside um, end up being able to do that. But right now that is still a question mark, for Kendra Miller. So, you know, that, that's where I have Kendra Miller. I have him at five. So uh, Cody, Cody, uh, you have Devin A. Chain at at number five. And I think he is a kind of a polarizing guy. Cause I've seen people have him as high as three, but I also see other people have him a little bit lower. Uh, so why don't you tell us about Devin A. Chain and just kind of what your overall thoughts are on
2: this. Yeah, man. I mean the, the non-believers, the haters, the detractors are gonna point to his size, which is that that is hey, that, that is <laughs> that is completely fair. Listed at five nine, one eighty-five. So more than likely smaller than that right like that that is not you know workhorse size he's not going to go into the nfl and handle you know 20 plus touches per game like that, that's not going to be his thing like even if he surprises us and you know he packs on some weight you know specifically for the combine and he gets up to you know let's say he gets up to like 195 198 like he gets close to that 200 pound mark which if he's you know five eight five nine would actually be relatively fine right like we're not talking about someone who's you know six foot 190 pounds you know someone like uh like a chuba hubbard i think from a, a couple years ago who's a little bit on the smaller side but if you want to talk about someone who has game changing speed like legit like verified track speed it's it's a chain um you know the, the way that he moves is just it's it's different man like This is going to be one of those ones that, like the the landing spot and the draft capital, is going to play a huge factor in terms of where he ends up. You know, ranked in you know beginning of May after after the NFL draft. Like, if he can get to a place where you know they're going to scheme him up, I don't know. Let's say ten touches per game. You know, majority of those coming in the the passing game as well. Like, he's he's going to do just fine. And then you want to talk about the fact that. He was in the SEC, so we're talking about Texas A&M. Um, he got a workhorse role this past year. He had damn near 200 carries. I think it was like 196. He had another 36 touches uh, through the air. Um, like I said, it, it's going to come down to his size and the draft capital landing spot. But this dude is a lot, a lot of fun to watch. Like I said, verified you know, track level speed. The dude's just, uh, you know, he, he's just different in the in the open field. And then, like I said, doing it going up against SEC competition as well is a, is another feather in his cap.
1: Yeah, and I think that that speed, what he brings to the table, I think is what a lot of people love about him. And you're right; I mean, he's he's not six foot, so you know, being at that size isn't is, is at the end of the world. You know, if he could put on a little bit more weight, I I, th- I think he he can be fine. I I do want to. Uh, mentioned there is another guy here um that because when you look at when you look at ha like you are correct so there's a lot of stuff that that uh i think is a positive for him because you know efficiency wise he wasn't great but he wasn't terrible he's was 34th and yards after contact per attempt he was 44th and missed tackles forced per attempt um he was 21st and carries of 15 plus yards and he was 127th in yards per route run. Overall, I, I still think with with his home run speed, I think he's going to be able to find a place, you know, in the NFL where, where yeah. teams are going to be able to utilize him. Uh, maybe it's a, you know, again, it's probably going to be much more of a committee type situation here for him. Um, but in the right system, in the right uh, situation, I mean, he could definitely pan out. Well, a lot of people comped him to Austin Eckler, which I, th- I think is something that people, could, you know, you could take a look at with him. Um, I, I think that. Possibly could be in the range of outcome. I will say here, uh, per PFF, he a- 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 did force a missed tackle on 29% of his career attempts, uh, which is tied for uh, for fifth among um, Power 5 backs since 2020. So, I mean, overall, this year maybe wasn't as efficient in terms of that. But in terms of overall, over his career, he has done a really good job. So if he does come in a little bit heavier, maybe he comes in at 195 or something like that. I think he, you know, he could end up being somebody that – uh, that maybe does end up playing a self role. Because he's also uh, the guy who you know kind of dispelled uh, Isaiah Spiller. I mean, he was kind of the guy we talked about last year uh, was kind of hurting uh, Isaiah Spiller's upside. Yeah. Uh, so I do think there's a lot to like here. But the guy that I wanted to talk about uh, is very similar, but nobody's talking about him at all, like nobody. You look around, nobody's mentioning this guy's name, but you're going to hear it, and you're going to start hearing it more. Uh, and that's Keaton Mitchell. Uh, now, he does come from a smaller school, East Carolina, but – Everything about this guy, he's very similar. 5'9", 185, very similar in that way. This dude is absolute burner as well. Uh, He was clocked this year at 23 miles per hour, which is one of the fastest runs we've seen from anybody this year. Um, In terms of his efficiency, he was 34th in yards after contact per attempt. But He was ninth in missed tackles forced per attempt. First in carries of 15-plus yards among all running backs. Um, And he was top 30 in yards per run as well on 201 carries he had 1452 rushing yards 14 touchdowns he had a 7.2 yards uh, yards per carry and he had 27 catches for 251 yards i know a lot of people haven't heard it, but he's also an early declare um as well he's, he just turned 21 years old so that is also a, a positive for him as well out of east carolina i think he's going to be a guy that's going to test really really well um Uh, in in this class, Um, but uh, people are going to knock him because of his size. But where I was coming with this was is that you have A-Chain, right, who everybody's falling in love with. Now, again, I get it. He he plays in the SEC, the Power 5 school. Keaton uh, Mitchell plays in the American Athletic Conference, you uh, you know, East Carolina. They're playing against teams like Cincinnati, USF, you know, BYU, stuff like that. On, on a regular basis. So obviously the competition level isn't as great, but everything else he brings to the table is absolutely off the charts. And I think he could be a guy that, um, that, that we should be talking more about. Yes. He doesn't have uh, the size. He's one eighty five, just like a chain is, but I just see a lot of people having a chain at, at top three, top four, but I hear nobody talking about Keith Mitchell. And I think that could be a mistake. I think he's going to be a guy, especially at the combine. I think he's going to come in. He's going to blaze the combine. I think he'd be a guy that runs a four three. Um, obviously, we 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 have you know a guy named uh, Chris Johnson who actually played at East Carolina, came from there as well. So I do like uh, Keith Mitchell, and I just thought it was interesting as it's kind of going through all this that everybody was so high on a chain, but uh, no one talked about Mitchell. But I, I suspect it's because he played at East Carolina, and the other one plays at Texas. State.
2: Yeah, it's it's absolutely just the the level of competition, right? And like the fact that we've seen uh, a chain, like I said. 196 carries uh, this past year, and I think that was in 10 games as well. Um, I don't think he ended up playing the the, the full season. So, um, yeah, man, it's it's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I don't know if you have any other names outside of that, but you know, there's definitely some some other interesting names. You know, I'm sure there's people banging their heads against the you know against their smartphone or you know their, their speaker, or whatever they're, whatever they're listening to. But you know, guys like uh, Tank Bigsby. Obviously sitting out there. Uh, I didn't have Sean Tucker in my my top five, but I definitely could. You know, he's someone else who has who has some legit speed to his game. I have never said anything nice about well, really anything Pittsburgh, <laughs> anything Pittsburgh football related, but sure as hell, not the Pitt Panthers. But Izzy, uh a bit of Canada is really interesting as well. They're, they're just like this group is so like so closely jumbled together um and not not in a bad way right like we, we've we had some of these classes where it's just like ah man like i don't know what to do with this guy like they all kind of just like mad nah, whatever like they're like make no doubt about it there's going to be a a bunch of you know really solid contributors i think to come out of this you know this running back class this wide receiver class as well um But it's it's really going to come down to the combine, and then obviously the combine has an effect on the NFL draft, and uh, that's going to start to help you know hopefully help you know shake shake some of this stuff out for us and help us out with with some of these rankings because you know that like Kendry Miller is a guy who who I also like that I could definitely have up there our guy Tajay Spears you know Chase Brown. Uh, Rashawn Johnson, Bijan's backup at, at Texas is definitely down there too. And then, you know, forgotten guys like Eric Gray. You know, I, I really wish Muhammad Ibrahim was not injured so often at Minnesota because when that dude is healthy, he has been really, really fun to watch. But I mean, a 24 year old with the, uh, the injury ha- history that he has, he I don't think he's anyone that like we're necessarily going to be uh, talking about too much come 2023. But yeah, those were some of the other names outside of that that uh, that that I'm going to be interested to dig in digging a little bit more on.
1: Yeah, I think those are most names. You know, uh, I know like Chase Brown is is, is a name that people have taught, a lot of people talk about. Kenny McIntosh is another as another player a lot of uh, people have talked about. I think Dwayne McBride is somebody that should be on more people's radars, but again, it's a small school guy, so he's he's a little bit harder to kind of project what NFL teams are going to think about him because. Um, his numbers and like what, what he was able to do were off the charts. 1700 rushing yards, seven point three yards per carry on two hundred and thirty three uh, uh, attempts, nineteen touchdowns. Was not utilized at all as a pass catcher, but he was second in yards after contact per attempt and ninth in missed tackles forced per attempt. He was also fourth in carries of fifteen plus yards. But he played at UAB, right? And so. You know, it, obviously the competition level is not there. So, but I think he's also another name that, you know, we- yeah, uh, keep an eye on. Maybe people have uh, as like a, a, on a on their sleeper list or something like that. But Dwayne McBride at a UAB is another name. So I think this 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 overall this running back class. And like I said, we'll get more into it, especially once the combine happens, because then you kind of got the a little more of the full picture of everything, a little more concrete evidence of, of some of this stuff and where these guys check in. Because like Isaiah Spiller, right? He was the guy that everybody was like a lot of people loved. I wasn't super high on him. I was kind of like, ah whatever. And then and then if the combine happens. And it's like, okay, yeah, okay, it makes sense that he uh, a lot of the stuff didn't look good because he what was ran like a four six four seven or something like that. It was like, oh god, yeah. like this guy is super slow. Uh, he Just he had a terrible combine, and uh, one of these guys is probably going to happen to that we like. And so you know that is why we we do need the combine for some of this stuff to kind of just flesh some stuff out. But overall, I still think this running back group is going to be good. I know a lot of people seem to be much more down on the wide receiver group uh than anything i think people are, are viewing the wide receiver group among the fantasy relevant positions anyway of the worst of all of the groups um i don't know i, I kind of push back on that a little bit we'll talk about that next week because next week we're going to be talking about wide receivers and tight ends and honestly this tight end class might be one of the best overall positions yeah. of this class like the, the top five or six tight end are really good now, usually we don't see that usually it's like one maybe two guys but this year there's quite a few we'll talk about that again next week but Overall, I still think this running back group is going to be good. I, I'm looking forward to the Combine here in a couple of weeks. But overall, it's Bijan, it's it's Jamar Gibbs, and then there's going to be a lot of conversation uh, with, with everybody else. You could probably go to one place, to the next, to the next. Everybody's probably going to have it a little bit different and how they view these guys. But we'll probably get a little bit more solid once we get after the Combine. So that being said, I appreciate everybody checking it out. Um, hey, under an hour this week. That's what I'm talking about. Not no two-hour uh, podcast this week, but – uh, again we'll be back next week with the wide receivers and the tight ends and then once we get past the combine we will get much more in depth probably start you know do our top 10 top 12 guys we'll look past that we'll start doing some mocks uh we'll get into free agency and all that kind of stuff so we got a lot more stuff coming but anyways be sure if you're not already be sure to click that that subscribe button on whatever podcast you're listening to be sure to leave us a rating or review really helps out really appreciate it and if you want to you can also join our discord absolutely free to join you can find that in any one of our YouTube videos. Click the link in there; it's absolutely free. We got Debbie, we got Dynasty, we got you know, we got you know redraft. We got everything in there. Uh, we'll, we'll be talking more and more as, 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 as things go by. But anyways, uh, have a good rest of the week. Have a good weekend. we we'll back again next week for wide receivers and the tight ends. Have a good night. Bye.
0: Closing time. You will be from Closing time This room won't be open Till your brothers Or your sisters come So gather up your jackets